Welcome to the Call to Action Podcast, where we bring you incredible people and even more incredible stories with discussions and topics about what it takes to sacrifice everything to overcome hardships and failures to achieve success. Our guests heard the call. Now, it's your turn. Have you ever had a craving for an Oreo or Chips Ahoy if you're into that kind of thing? or simply an ice-cold drink of Nestle chocolate milk. Our next guest has most likely helped design, market, and produce those very products and many more. From being a program leader developing cookie and cracker products to managing the global development and launch of new gum brands worth hundreds of millions of dollars for Kraft Foods, Senior Project Manager for Cadbury, and Global Project Manager Director for Nestle, this man was destined to build the next big tasty food. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's the founder and CEO of Peanut Crunch, a delicious bean-based peanut puff snack that is one of the healthiest snacks on the market, which plays to the marketing genius. If you eat a whole bag, you won't feel like a fat ass. With an outstanding appearance on Shark Tank last year, this doctor of food science from Rutgers negotiated a deal with Mark Cuban because of this impressive business he has started. That and his absolutely shredded physique that you too can work towards with the help of Peanut Crunch. I want royalties on that, by the way. Please welcome our next guest, who's clearly an underachiever. Oh, Dr. Juan Salinas. Oh, man. Ben, bro, can I... Can you send me that intro, man, so I can use it? <laughs> you <have> it. Absolutely. <laughs> or anytime, anytime you need a media guy, I'm your I'm your hype man, bro. Well, Just hit me up. You're I'm a there. Liar, man. Holy Welcome crap. on. Thank you very much. That was awesome. Welcome to CTAP, man. Before we get into your wonderful, uh, incredible story, which we'll highlight uh, that we first saw in Shark Tank and kind of your incredible journey from there, and even before, uh, very impressive resume you have. We're going to put you through something you've never been through, an experience called the Brain Freeze Frenzy. It's a wild array, random, rapid-fire questions to warm up that gray matter. Are you ready? You can do them fast, man. I don't know if the answers are going to be fast, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Did you plan a training regimen for that Shark Tank showing, we'll call it, specifically? Or did, are you look, looking like that year-round? <laughs> no, I did. You I did. did. I, yeah. Beautiful. How long did that take? Yeah, COVID, which is pretty. That's pretty impressive. Awesome. Yeah. So what no were gym. you doing? Like Everything lots of calisthenics. A lot of home home stuff, man. You know, right? Resistance, but still at home. Yeah. And obviously, the diet's a huge key. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it's insane, but dude, you were. We're gonna put a, a video up as this is rolling right now. Just shredded beyond belief. Like the striations in every muscle is like just. Popping out, you can taste it from the TV screen, man. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> Insane. All right, moving on to number two. What is the most amount of foods you've had to taste test in one day? Oh, man. You know, you were, you were talking about my career when I used to work for Nestle. And I, and I worked for Nabisco before then. And we had to taste Oreos, man, all day long because we were making some changes to it. And like, oh crap, man. First of all, I never actually ingested the Oreos. You know, as a product developer, really? I need to know what they taste like, but I never actually ingested it. I always put it in my mouth, and then I had a cup on the side, and I would just spit it out. And like everybody mine. thought it was gross, you know. 
<laughs> so God, just like why, man? Just and people like, are like, dude, what's three? What are you doing, man? I'm like, why don't spit on me, man? Yeah. Oh, trust. Well, doesn't but, that say something that the product tester doesn't want to ingest the product? <laughs> I mean, okay. Well, we had to go through like oh hours sessions, man, where we. You know, all these companies that we're working with in terms of the flavors and things and that, they were presenting, you know, some of their ideas. And we had to go through every single one and taste every single one of them. Uh, it was kind of gruesome, man. But <laughs> What was your least favorite? Was it the Oreo? Um, I mean, I'm not really into sugary, uh, you know, very sugary products. Um, I never really liked Oreo or Chips Ahoy, to be honest with you. I worked with all those brands, but... Um, it was just too sweet for me. Um, so okay. yeah. thank goodness you have your own now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as you know, man, very low exactly. in sugar, you know, just exactly how I like it. <laughs> What's the su most surprising fact about the food development process? Huh? Something that no one would really think about something that only someone that would do thousands of taste testings of Oreos. And I guess one fact is that there's like a spittoon for fucking nasty Oreos, but you know, <laughs> anything else that kind of sticks out is uh, non ordinary. You know, normally, um, you know, when you're developing a new product, you're the first one to taste it, you know, and you sort of kind of trust yourself uh, as, as someone with experience, you know, okay, yeah, this is going to do well. Um, but the main thing, man, is actually to put it in front of the consumers because then you find out a lot of really cool things about it. What most people don't know is that we used a, at the very least a hundred people that we have to test our products with in order to obtain statistically significant data that could tell us, you know, it will tell us whether the product will actually have a good wow. chance of performing well out in the market or not. So a lot of the decisions and the products that we were making were based on those numbers, actually own numbers, you know, and if it was more than a certain percentage, then we felt comfortable launching. If it was under that percentage, then we'll have to continue working on it until we got it to that number, you know, so. Does that percentage differ per individual company and brand per se, or is there kind of like an industry standard of like, you know, 73% or whatever, and then it's like pretty much yeah. good to go or no it's it's depending on each company to be honest because what happened is that every company has a database of products that they've already launched and so they put in they know mm -hmm. which products were successful and which weren't and they know the scores that the successful products you know had so they kind of build a you know some sort of a standard and say hey if we're okay. above this we have a good chance awesome. of, of making where it where do you like to stick that that percentage at peanut a peanut, well, 65%, you know, uh, it's a good number. If you ask, uh, you know, 100 people, 65% uh, of them say, I will definitely buy, that's a good number. Definitely buy. That That's that's like, yeah, that's a different statistic than I definitely think it buy. tastes good, right? Like, definitely buy is, is an even higher standard of, right. of operations. So that's, yeah. yeah, that's solid for sure. I can see the difference. Right, so, so we do... A purchase intent, that's the definitely the, that's the buying question. It's called purchase intent. And then as an R and D guy, you know, you have also questions strictly about the product. Is it salty enough? You know, is it, is it sweet enough? Mm. Does it have enough flavor? You know, those kind of questions. So there's matrix on those too. 
and then you can start to to kind of start adjusting your formula you know based on the responses okay well people don't wake up every day yeah. with the same kind of excellence that you have so we figure you must have some kind of an insane morning routine can you tell us a little bit about that <laughs> i mean the first thing i do is actually drink a glass of water not a lot of people do that um same yeah yeah, yeah. Awesome, Gets right? the system going, man. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I read that somewhere and, you know, I do it every day and, you know, it, it's actually pretty good. I uh, feel better. Yeah, yeah. Me too. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are into meditation and things like that. Uh, I'm a Catholic guy, so I, there's a church nearby me and I go every morning. I do that. Um, hey, so I get my, uh, my day going, you know, spiritually and mentally ready. And then, uh, you know, I have my breakfast which is uh, it's a lot of protein. Bag of peanut crunch or what? <laughs> <laughs> I have had this, you know, I had them as a cereal, especially cinnamon is really good as a cereal. So good. Oh but, man, that was, that was, so I'm just going to jump into it because you just brought that up. So we got both, I ordered, I tried to order all three a while, like a, uh, about a month ago. Yeah. I got all of, uh, of these two because the original flavor I think is sold out or it was, it was when I ordered it. Man. And uh, yeah, I mean, boo-hoo, kind of you're doing deal. okay, you know, F it. <laughs> so, but when I first chomped into this cinnamon one, it tasted exactly like, it, okay, not exactly, but it, it reminded me, had a nostalgic moment, and it was a good one because I could not stay away from Cinnamon Toast Crunch as a kid, and this one did it. Plus, not to mention the old numbers on the back make you feel better about yourself, as I said earlier. It doesn't make you feel like a fat ass, well, so I pounded a whole bag <laughs> like it was nothing. I got I to send you the original. That's our bestseller, and uh, a lot of people think it tastes like Captain Crunch. You know, or Reese's mm. peanut butter cereal. So, right, uh, yeah, the puff cereal, the chocolate, the cocoa one, uh, the re the regular one. Yeah, the original the regular the one you one. haven't tried. So I got, I got to say, it's on oh, shoot. How, yeah, how, how do we get more of your product? It's crazy. You're, you're legitimately sold out everywhere. In fact, that was something even Cuban mentioned. Like, it's very hard to come by because I yeah. think once a shelf is loaded up, it's it, you know people find yeah, out word of mouth yeah. and it's gone. <laughs> Well, we're we're back in stock right now, you know. Thankfully, yeah, uh, he's good now. So, yeah, so you could we, before. You guys can go in there and, and order some. And uh, um, right now, I think we have everything available okay. through Amazon or our website. Okay. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Direct. We'll link everything down in the show notes as well. But uh, kind of switching gears a little bit. The thing you miss most about your your native country, Honduras, correct? Um, and then one thing you admire about being in the United States. Yeah. Well, all, you know, fr all my friends and family are back home. You know, I, I'm pretty much a, a first and only generation here uh, in the United States. So, you know, my, my parents are there in Honduras, my brothers. So I miss, you know, especially during the holidays where everybody gets together and all that, you know. Um, so I miss that a lot. You must be a king back home, man. When you go home and they're like, hey. You know, I haven't, like, gone, hey, back. Primo. I haven't gone back since like Shark Tank. So, but I know that I've been uh, in, in quite a few TV shows over there already. You know, I've been interviewed with mm -hmm. them in a couple of magazines. So I don't know, man. That's cool, I don't know man. what that's going to be like when I go back. <laughs> but, Big old fiesta, man. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Right. And then one thing you admire about uh, being here, uh, even though it sounds like it's a little lonely in terms of your direct family, but obviously you have friends and I'm sure nah, some, I mean, some I people here that be, you I, care for, but 
I couldn't be more blessed, man, to have landed here in the United States, to be honest. Um, you know, everything that they say, the land of opportunity, I mean, it's true, man. It's true. Uh, you can make whatever you want of yourself here because, you know, everything that's available to you, if you, if you work hard, man, you can do it. It's not very easy to do that in other countries, you know? It's just the resources, like, it's just very not much. there. The, there's, the opportunities are not there, so... The infrastructure, I would say, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, you can make it here in anything you want, really. That's my, that's my belief. You just put yep. your heart to it. You don't have to have a lot of money or anything. You just gotta want it, and you can get it, you yes. know? Uh, yeah, we fully yeah. believe Heart and mind. We fully concur. And this is a common thread of conversation that most of our guests will resonate back to you. They say the same exact thing. It's, it's all about the effort and that vision and, and the drive uh, because, because it really boils down to the individual. So shifting gears a little bit back, number six, if you had to choose one exercise for the rest of your life, bicep curls or bench press? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's a tough one. Got to answer. That's a tough one, man. Got to answer. Um, let's see, man. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> one, two, three, go. Nah, man. Curls for the girls? I'll definitely go for the guns, bro. Yeah. <laughs> go for the guns. There you go. <laughs> hey, you, hey, hey, you, you got a permit for that? You got a concealed carry for that? <laughs> We won't. We won't tell our buddies, our, our cop buddies. Don't worry. Nah, You're good. No, you gotta go for the guns. What's your man. what? <laughs> love it. What's your favorite cheat meal? Oh, you know, I really love Indian food, man. I I'm really like, yeah, that chicken tandoori, man. It's like uh, so good. You like it extra spicy, or you yeah. kind of like it just just good enough? Yeah, hey, man. I like it spicy, man. You know, turn up I mean, the Honduras, heat. We had. Chili for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, man. So, <laughs> I love it. I like, another way love to it. Government, you know? No, I, I do like it spicy, man. But, and I love that chicken, man. It's just so good. I just, you know, I figure, you know, once once a month, it's, it's my cheat. My cheat no day. big deal. When can <laughs> once we a expect, month, that's all? Yeah, once a month. Yeah, it's good. When can we expect, like, extra fire from you? Like, just, like, a, like crazy hot product. Oh, man, you want to get there. Come on. You're working on it. We're actually okay. it. man. You're forcing yes. me. You're forcing me to put some hot tapatio on there right now. I mean, the old Mexican way right now. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting. But <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the surprise. I won't tell you too much. But, okay. but we okay. are working on on some we'll new dive flavors. Into that. Oh, okay, we'll dive. We'll dive a little bit more into that later. Last question. One of my favorite questions. Uh, we love asking so many of our guests the same question, and oh man, uh, we get so many wonderful answers, and I can't wait to hear yours. What has been one great and also one shitty piece of leadership advice that you've been given in your lifetime. Great and a shitty advice that I've been given. The best advice that I was given was probably by my dad. And that was, you know, when I was, I don't know, I was a teenager, man. I was, I was, um, my dad wanted to, wanted me to start swimming for this club. And, uh, I was just, you know, I was just not into it. And, uh, I was, you know, hanging out with my friends, just doing nothing, really. That's what I was enjoying doing. And he said, look, you got to try this. And I was like, no, Dad, I don't want it. You know, I said, listen, just try it for a month. If you don't like it after the month, I promise you, I won't make you go anymore. So I said, all right, that's cool. One month is not a big deal. I went, I did it, and freaking loved it. I, you know, became a you know, one of the top swimmers that really for Honduras, I represented my country in different meets. I mean, wow. swimming became my life. So 
You know, if my I dad got goosebumps when that, you just said that, man. If my dad would have said that, I would have never tried it, and That's I would incredible. have never discovered it. So I, you know, I tell people the same thing. It's Very, like, just try it. Try it for a month, you know, and make a decision. After wise month. man, if, you know, but try it. Try for a month. So that's, that's the uh, best best advice. In terms of shitty advice, man. Um, Every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too many to count. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe one I, specific. I, maybe I tell you. Okay, go. I, I love Jersey, man. You know, I've been living in Jersey since I came here to go to Rutgers. But um, when I lived in Honduras, man, I had a different idea of what you know, the United States was going to be like, I had a, you know, we get, we get TV. I see where this is going. I, I see like Disney, man. I see like, um, you know, all these beautiful landscapes, you know, from Colorado. California beaches. <laughs> the nice beaches, you know, Miami and all this stuff, man. And I landed in Newark, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and it was winter time. It was winter. And Holy like, shit, oh, man. and I had no, you know, we don't, we don't need a coat in Honduras, so I didn't own one. That was a kick in the balls, huh? <laughs> I just landed here, man. I was like, "Holy crap! <laughs> what did I just do?" <laughs> Where am I? But, uh, Jesus, man! <laughs> but I love it, man. You know, now I love it. I, I joke about it because I, I was in shock. <laughs> For sure, a little but, bit of a culture but, shock know, right off the rip. Yeah, man. But it's like, look, do, do you really want the Band-Aid slowly peeled off? Or do you want to rip it off, get it over with, and get acclimated quicker? You know? It's just, I like that analogy. One man. or the other. I like that analogy. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an interesting way. I've personally lived uh, in three other countries. Um, and it was kind of the same thing, man. I, I, even one of the countries, I flew into the wrong state altogether. Uh, in the country and it was like just trying to figure my way out slept in the airport yeah. didn't have a hotel had to take the first flight out the next morning to get to where I was supposed to be that day it was just like uh, whatever whatever yeah. and uh trying to figure the languages out and yeah. man but you know but you did it and we really want to start off you know congratulations you got through the brain freeze Ow! friends you didn't freeze up <laughs> smashed it awesome but we really want to you know just start off man you You've really had an interesting story from what we know. Obviously, we'll expound on this, but um, just, man, congrats on kind of going through and and being probably one of the best representations of chasing the American dream, whether from a Native American, a Native American, uh, you know, citizen or someone that came to this country and either is in the process or, you know, you've achieved it. But, man, you've you are like the staple. You you showed up on Shark Tank, and you ripped off your shirt, and you had Mark Cuban's eyes rolling the back of his head laughing, and seven minutes later, you had him trying to take his fucking suit off, and with because you landed a deal, man, uh, what was that experience like? I mean, that was, that was insane. Yeah. He tried, but he didn't have the muscle you did, obviously, but... <laughs> no, he kind of just went like that, like, uh, King Kong. Yeah. <laughs> It was fun to start. He didn't want to make you look bad, right? <laughs> you know, uh, the whole thing, man. I mean, getting to Shark Tank was just an awesome opportunity, man. I didn't, you know, I had applied a couple of years before that, and I just never heard back. So when I first got a call from, you know, one of the producers, I was just like, yeah, is this a joke? Or like, you know, is this for real? And obviously it was for real. And then, you know, I kept 
going into the process. So, you know, that, that was just an amazing opportunity. But one of the funny things. How long is that initial process? So, um, you know, from the time that I got the call to the time that we were actually taping was probably about four to five months. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, four to five months. I think it was a lot of interviews, or yeah, man, it's like different steps. You know, the first thing is all right. You got to fill out these applications, like written. Uh, they go through all that stuff. They ask you about your financials and things like that, um, your story, and then uh, you know, if you pass that, then it goes into like the video stage. So they want you to basically, you know, do a, a self video, kind of giving a pitch, you know. Um, and then they review that, uh, and after that, it goes into another video that they want you to do. Um, they review that, and then you know, one of the producers, if, if you're selected, one of the producers will come to you and start working with you and start asking, you know, a little more in depth certain things that they think will be good for the show, and we'll start crafting a pitch, you know, together in a way. Oh, so they help you craft it, they help you, but they want it, they want it to be your slightly. Own. They want it to be 100% your own. Right. So they said, look, do it, you know? And then what they do is they just kind of give you tips. It's like, hey, you know, what if we, what if you do this? You know, what, will you feel comfortable doing that? Uh -huh. You know, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, they knew that I had been a bodybuilder, you know, professional bodybuilder. And, and, you know, and they were just like, oh, you know, we noticed like you were a bodybuilder, right? It's like, how do you feel about like maybe taking your, your short off, you know, on TV? I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> it was a bold move, my man. A I'm bold like, move. I've done it's it before. I've been, stage, you know, I've been on stage before. It's like, but it's COVID time. So like, hmm, there's no gyms. What am I going to do, man? So I'm like, all right, no problem. You know, I got it. Volume. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but it was kind of, uh, you know, it kind of, it kind of summarized everything that it's that I'm about in terms of creating this brand, you know, because that was kind of the that was the spark for me, you know, when I was thinking about snacks, you know, that I couldn't have because I was doing all these bodybuilding shows, and I was like, man, I wish there was something that had actually protein in it, that had like good carbs that I could actually eat, you know, even when I'm preparing for a bodybuilding show. And uh, that was kind of the spark, you know, hey, you know, what if I create something that anyone can have, but it actually has positive nutrition, things that, you know, you feel good about eating. Um, and that's how it all came about. But, um, but yeah, so, you know. that That's how Peanut Crunch started that, was when you were competing started, man. That, and you were like, because what would you eat? You probably don't you go into I don't know much about bodybuilding in terms of like the actual process. Um, are you, do you go into like a dehydrated state towards the end of it? Like, are you only allowed to eat things that are light and puffy, if you will, yeah. uh, to kind of just like, I don't know. I so mean, is there, are there certain snacks? The or? way I do it, I think most of the bodybuilders do it. It's all about the macros. You know, you got to count your carbs, your protein, fats, um, especially during the beginning. Where you're speaking to is probably the last week. You know, which is like the defining mm. times. Like you, you want right. to make sure your muscles are like completely shredded, and you know you have that dry look that they they, they talk about. You know, not bloated but dry. Um, yeah. And to do that, you start playing with your sodium. You know, you start you start playing with water because of that reason. 
But uh, uh. but this is actually something that most people think bodybuilders do to prepare is to actually cut water. When in reality, you add water to it. Because what happens, mm. like, the more water you're, you're taking in, your body feels like there's a the nexus of it. And because there's a mm. nexus mm. Of, of water, then it wants to get rid of it. So you do that all the way up to the, to, you know, a day before you're supposed to go on stage and then you stop, you know, so your body can So you're drinking what, a gallon a day? Two gallons. Yeah. Two? Two gallons. How do you not die? <laughs> I mean, you're up all day, all night, man. Like, you know, come on. God, man. This is going to be... So better. it's really not that healthy. <laughs> it's not oh that healthy. <laughs> I know what, it feel, what it's going to feel like when I'm 80. You know, I have to do, wake up in the middle of the night like three times, four times a day, four, a night. Exactly. Um, a little prostate check, you know? Yeah. But, you know, your body wants to get rid of all that water. So since you're not putting any more water, it just keeps, you know, getting rid of it. And that's how people get shredded, you know, and dry. Mm. You know, harking yeah. back to your product, it, it's, it sounds like most people come on here and the best, most passionate folks always have an idea that they wanted to use themselves. So whether it's something that's edible or some piece of technology, it's always something that they just kind of like obsess over and they just keep, you know, they keep developing it and they just keep going and keep driving it and until they get success. Right. How, how long, you know, were, were you kind of like developing this, you know, through your bodybuilding all, you know, all the way to kind of like where you are now, how, how long did that take you? Uh, you mean for the bodybuilding or you mean for uh, the snack creation to, to get to the snack? Because obviously, you, you, you know, you had your eye on this and it was something that you that you wanted. And, and then to, right. to, 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 you know, what was the duration like to get the product? I mean, so to from the idea stage that I had, you know, from when I started thinking about it, hey, you know, I, sh I want to create this kind of product to the point where. I launched it, you know, I produced it and, you know, it was, it was actually shown to a buyer. That process probably took about, uh, just over a year, maybe a year and a half, you know, from the oh, wow. stage to that. Right. And normally, you know, when you work for a big company that, you know, that time could be shortened a lot, you know, if you have risk, because you have resources, you know, you have someone in doing your regulatory, someone doing your packaging and someone, do but when you're doing all yourself, then you know obviously it takes a lot longer um because you had the background knowledge obviously working 20 plus years with probably what the the top three largest food companies in northern america if not globally i mean you probably and then what you did within those what were some of the job titles that like really helped you get a good kickstart at this ideation stage to this year and a half like what what were some of the things you took away from working at these big companies that were really valuable yeah i mean man i spent what, 20 plus years working for all these companies so i i started from the bottom you know i was a technologist and i was basically helping a scientist that you know create formulas like you know measuring ingredients and then, you know, I learned more about, you know, how to create a formula. Then I learned more about how to test it with consumers. How, you know, how finite is that process real quick? I, I've always been very curious about the actual food development process. Like what we put in our mouths has been engineered and scientifically like tested so that my mouth waters and I want more, right? There's yeah. like a whole 
360 degree psychological and physical connection that you guys make in this lab like what is that like like you would not believe especially companies with big pockets you don't not believe the amount of money that they spend on understanding consumer behavior and making sure that the product has you know those you know those things that will actually entice a consumer to buy the product or to continue eating it or to you know like it when I first started, man, um, I was a Nabisco, and I was brought in for a project that was called Potato Crisp, right? They were trying to make a potato chip to compete with, you know, Frito-Lay's uh, oh, wow. potato chip. Uh-huh. Well, Nabisco wanted to make it healthier, you know, they wanted to be baked instead of fried. So, you know, we had all these meetings with, you know, all the top people over at the company, and one of the topics that we were discussing, believe it or not, was crunch, right? There was a hmm. big, there was a big dilemma as to how, what crunch play, you know, what role did crunch play on a consumer basically wanting to have more of this product? Ah, the crunch so, factor. You know, there was a, the sound, the, the, the text, sound, like everything essentially? Exactly. The, you know, that, that first bite that you put into the product. Like and a snap. Like snap. Yeah. And so we did a lot of consumer research just on crunch, right? And we had different, we created products with different levels of crunch. And then we started, you know, correlating the crunch data to likeness, you know? So was it too uh-huh. crunchy? Then the likeness might have gone down. You know, if it was not crunchy enough, you know, the likeness might have gone too down. So we started to fine tune that what, what we thought was the perfect crunch. And once we thought we had it, we created this device, man, that you that we'll put here against the jaw. Whoa. And that one was connected. Yeah. A hardware piece of device. Yeah, like you know, like it uh, will get taped yeah. here, like a microphone thing. And basically like a sensor. Yeah, a sensor. And then it will capture, you know, the sound that you that the the uh, the Chris was making as you were biting on it. And it will send, you know the signal to this machine and it basically record, you know, your decibels and all the stuff. That's and wild. so we started, <laughs> I'm telling you, we started, we started basically what? mapping, you know, what analytically, what the perfect crunch would be, you know, and, and then that became oh, a measurement shit. that became a measurement at the manufacturing. It's like, are we creating the right product with the right crunch? It has to be within this window, of, you know, So then to do it from a small scale, I have a couple of questions. I want to go into this rabbit hole because honestly, this probably plays a lot into the, because you, you must've done something here too, because it's, uh, it's got me thinking about it too. I'm about to crack this bag open right now. Uh, what, you know, you take probably a smaller sample to, to, you know, you're not going to run a whole line manufacturing line and mass produce for testing, right? You're going to control subsidize something and then hit mat. What's, what's the gap like though? Like, because there's got to be some form of error percentage error to multiply that plus make it efficient, right? Like what, yeah. uh, how do you, how do you manage that? Well, I mean, everything, man, everything starts with what they call the kitchen and, and really is immense to be the kitchen, you know, like you could start something at the kitchen level. Um, and then, you know, the process, the next step basically goes into something called scallop and the scallop is basically you take that formula or the recipe that you made in the kitchen and you try to do it, 
using machinery, using equipment. So let's say, you, you know, you have a pasta sauce, right? You just mix, you know, your ingredients in a pot and you put it on the stove and you, you know, stir it and wow, that tastes really good. Now you want to basically produce the same product, but, you know, mass produce it using machines. So now you have to worry about, okay, you know, I can't just cut, you know, a tomato. Now it has to be cut by a machine. So does the machine does the right job of cutting the tomato just like you would in the kitchen? Uh, you know, does it stir it the right way? You know, does it, does, it, um, pro does it provide the right heat, you know, to cook the ingredients, you know? So those are all the other things you start to translate from the kitchen into, you know, what we call the pilot plant, you know, which is a small mm. scale of what the production will look like. And really? So it goes like, there's like multiple, even, even further yeah. uh, say stages the, to go to get it out to the market. I would say probably three stages, you know, it's kitchen, then it's pilot plant, and then it's basically your first trial in an actual manufacturing facility. So, mm. you know, at this stage, you got to be making changes. You know, a lot of times you start here and you end up here because, you know, the equipment that you have can simulate or can handle what you could actually do in the kitchen you know and so interesting you have to start yeah. making changes ramping up to get that production volume can be half the battle uh you know it's it takes can take years oh yeah no you know think about the speeds now of which you have to produce something versus you know you have all the time to do it at, at your house and in the kitchen um at the plant everything happens in seconds so you have to basically come up with a process that will cook the product and everything in, in minutes, you know. Can you talk so a you little bit? So you went from engineering the food, essentially, uh, and scientific proof. Where, where did you go up in that process with these companies that eventually helped you start? And I actually want to get back to that point you just made with Peanut Crunch, because I'm sure, like, utilizing a manufacturing plant or trying to you know, eventually build your own. Like we just had a uh, guest on a few days ago who just finally opened their own um, manufacturing plant versus doing it through someone else for a separate industry. Uh, the company is called Boxable and Galliano uh, Tiramani is the, the guy we had on, the wonderful guest. You guys would get along, man. Uh, another go-getter. And essentially <laughs> it's like a, it's a fold-up home you know, pre-manufactured home, whatever, but putting that down the manufacturing line for them was insane. So I'm assuming it's crazy for food even times 10 because, you know, allergies and shit yeah. like that too. But what other positions prior to this, uh, we'll get back to that, but what other positions did you have that uh, really helped you along the way to kind of get to a level of like, man, I'm going for this and I, and I feel confident. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, it was a progression. My career was a progression, like I was saying, starting from the bottom, understanding you know, how to make recipes all the way up to, you know, being a director and understanding more about the, the, the business of food, you know, so, you know, sales, marketing, um, you know, manufacturing, everything that goes along, you know, the whole, basically starting a new company. Um, I, I started to understand more about that, you know, my initial experience was just on creating products, innovating products. But then later in my career, I was able to 
you know, understand a little more about the other side of the business, uh, the other side of R&D, you know, and that helped me a lot in terms of giving me, you know, uh, more, you know, guavos <laughs> to do my own thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. Has, has working with Mark Cuban also helped you kind of level up with a lot of this, you know, with regards to the marketing, the strategy, branding? Yeah, Mark Cuban's a, I mean, the guy, I don't know. I don't know if he sleeps, man, because um, I could send him an email or something at three o'clock in the morning, you know, if I'm drinking or something, I'll send him something. And he answers, man, right there. Like, holy shit, this no guy way. Off. <laughs> he'd you want, you want to give really him a quick, quick call? Huh? He's yeah, really let's right now. Let's get him on CTAP. <laughs> Let's get him on. Yeah, no. right That's up. awesome, man. That's what I got, man. I text awesome. him right now. He'll probably like answer. The guy's really quick. Um, That's cool. And um, he's got a really good team also. You know, right now we, mm. we work, uh, he basically assigned a digital marketer who's excellent. Um, also, uh, you know, some, some people who's more of a liaison to the retailers. And um, they have a lot of experience with other brands also that, you know, they've helped bringing him to stores and develop better marketing strategies and things like that. So currently we're working with them right now. Um, my, uh, my expectation is that after this, you know, I want to get Mark a little more involved in terms of promoting the product, you know, so far right now we're sort of right. fixing, we're fixing it, you know, to the point where like he'll feel very comfortable saying, all right, I could talk about this now, you know? Um, oh, I gotcha. and so that's, you know, that's, that's kind of my, my push and my hope. So when you started PNF Crunch, were you still working at these big companies or were you event? Did you hit a point where you're like, you know what? I'm just going to shut it off and I'm just going to solely focus like right off the rip and just go for it. Um, or was there some overlap? Yeah, no, you know, I always, I always wanted to start my own company, but, um, as you can imagine, it's difficult, right? You, you, you still have to pay your bills. You still have to, uh, yeah. you know, um, basically, you know, live your life. So um, what happened to me was that the division that I was working for, uh, Nestle, it was called Power Bar. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, yes. Oh, the yeah. original Power Bar, right? So I was working I for them. them all the time. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, I was developing new products for them. Uh, but uh, they decided that they wanted to sell the division to post the cereal company. So they bought it and they bought another division called, uh, perform, uh, what's called, what's it called? Uh, premier, premier nutrition. They mm -hmm. make those, uh, ready to, you know, ready to drink protein shakes. The ones you find. Right. Yes. So uh -huh. there you go. So they didn't know what to do with the brand. So they gave it to premier and then, uh, premier basically, you know, decided that, you know, the business of the bars wasn't really good. And they decided to focus more on the ready to drink, uh, you know, shakes and things like that. And I think the brand started to just kind of die. So at that point, you know, I decided it's like, you know, there's nothing here for me to do anymore. Um, um, and that was, that was kind of like my, you know what, should I just get another job or should I just start my own thing? I went through like, isn't that know, kind of the, problem with these big companies sorry to interrupt but i was just I just thought of this like do you think these larger companies would do better and i don't know you tell me but is it hard for someone like yourself who's 
not only really good at their job and got leveled up to a position where you're pretty much running a global area of a food sector, but you're also creative. Obviously, you've created your own. What Did they give you opportunities while working at these big companies to try to create new things, or was it just such a slow process that it was just too difficult to even go down that road? Like, yeah, did, they pr- did they promote creative new products from their own internal studs? Or is this why people leave and say, fuck off, and I'm doing my own thing? Like, yeah. interesting question. If you question. know this, right? If you know this, all the innovation is not coming from the big companies. All the innovation right. comes from all these startups. And the big companies yes. come and they just buy the startup. That's what they do. Um, the, their processes, man, I just, I found them very slow to be honest, you know, like for them to decide that they want to make a product, you know, has to go through 10 different signatures, the CEO, the president, the other guy, the It's like the military, one. right, man? And then he has to go through like six months of regulatory, you know, dissecting and blah, blah, blah. By the time, like, you know, you're ready to start the project. Some of the companies already you forgot done, what it was. They already, yeah. Well, another company has done it three times already. So true. That too. It's kind of a. You're like, wait, what? What product am I supposed yeah. to start next week again? This was six years ago, guys. I don't even remember what the fuck I said. I'm telling you, man. You would be surprised how many times they resurrect projects on those big companies. You know, something that was tried nine years ago, and it's like, hey, we tried that before. You know. Let's bring it back. Right. And let's actually launch it now. I want, does it cost more money for them to do R&D? Like, is it cost efficient to try? Like, if they have a game plan and, and to start to launch and if it's successful, is it cheaper to do that and try and build it internally? Or I just thought of this too. Like, maybe their strategy is to allow people to go out and then try to recoup that investment somehow or create a new whatever. But but then again, maybe not because now you're probably trying to buy a company that a lot of other people want to buy too. So now there's a bidding war. So I wonder yeah. what's more cost effective. If you know, they were smarter, had more foresight. I, I I think that the way they're doing it today is probably more cost effective for them and less risky, you know, because they could spend a lot of money on R&D on creating a product that then they put in the market and they realize it didn't stick, you know. They could actually see what products are sticking in market right now from a from another startup. Proof of concept. You know, right. they're looking at this startup and they keep an eye on it. And it's like, let's see where this one goes. If, you know, in a year it goes down, they'll probably be like, eh, we're not interested. But if they see something come up, you know, let's say you start making up all the way up to $10 million in sales. Now they're like, oh, wait a minute. Hey, I could take this. Yeah. And we can make it there you you go. Know, $100 million. So maybe that is the big play. Us as normal folks just have to discuss it with incredible guests like yourself yeah. just to get to that point. But no, man, that's awesome. So you stopped working with these big clunky, clunky companies. You're like, I'm streamlining and doing my own thing and I'm doing it the right way. What was kind of like the initial process like? Take us through that year and a half where you got to the point where you felt comfortable. You know, <laughs> It never felt Starting comfortable. Starting to have people really violent. <laughs> it never felt comfortable. Nah, no. <laughs> Still today, man. Still today. I felt that. I like, felt that. I feel comfortable. Uh, no. Yeah, you know, and it's like, it's one of those things, man. That but you I, can feel confident, no? Uh, I, I mean, mean, you can, can feel, feel confident, confident yeah, but at the end of the day, like, you will never be fully ready to do it. 
you will never be fully ready. You will never have all the knowledge mm -hmm. that you need to know to start a company. And that's just the Amen. reality. You know, and you can't wait. You can't keep waiting and say, no, you know, I want to learn more about that first. Or I want to learn about that. No, just, you just got to dive in and just make a lot of mistakes, mm -hmm. man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's it. You're going to make a lot of mistakes and you're going to be like, holy shit, I can't believe I just did that. You know, and I'll never do it again. <laughs> um, what, uh, any, any moments in the PNUF yeah, give uh, us a journey so far that you've had? Well, I get to give, give us so many of them. I mean, from wasted, from wasted money on like, you know, working with an agency and branding that didn't do absolutely anything to oh really the biggest headaches that I ever had on manufacturing. I mean, manufacturing has been, you know, that, that little thorn that's been bugging me all the way to this day because, you know, our product is, it has peanuts in it and it's an allergen. So a lot of manufacturing companies don't want to deal with it. You know, they're manufacturing for somebody else and they don't want to have the risk of a little bit of dust of peanut, you know, being left out, uh... not cleaned up and then touching one of the other people, you know, the other company's product. And next thing you know, someone that has an allergy, you know, um, is getting, you know, is getting affected. Wait, so they make multiple products in a one big plant, right? Like multiple companies share the factory essentially, oh, yeah. or but you have wow, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a, a quick funny story, man, about that because, uh, <laughs> and I always, you know, when you, when you see, uh, the non-branded products out there, you know, in general, we all think that they're like low, lower quality and, you know, now nah, I'm going to go for the branded product because even though it's like $2 more, you know, um, it's trusted. It's better, yeah. you know, it's a much better product. Certified. <laughs> well, let me tell you, man, when, when I was working for Nabisco, man, we were working with Triscuit <laughs> and uh, they closed one of the plants for Triscuit. So we had to go to a manufacturing plant, you know, co-manufacturing co and they were making their own shredded, you know, Triscuit kind of product and uh, we went in there man and we basically told them we're here's a PO make our product put her in this box <laughs> it's the same product man the same as uh, product wow <laughs> same no difference at all just oh my god the only dude. difference you know and obviously you know we all went in there it's like no of course you know we want we want to make sure that the the breakage is, you know, this much and, you know, we implement our quality right. measurements or whatever, but it was, it was basically the same thing. As a matter of fact, whatever oh, we make, or whatever we teach them to improve the product, they implement it in their own. So, you know, of course. so, you know, of course. it's, it's, uh, it's a very small business too, man, because I remember going into plants where I might be making my Oreos there. And next to me, there's a guy from Keebler. <laughs> he's making, you know, a product in the other line. And so I just look, you know, he's looking at my line, you know, I say, oh, mm -hmm. let's see, what's it doing over there? So people are <laughs> taking notes, huh? You know, like, and I did the same thing, man. You know, when I was like, hey, I heard that Keebler is here today. What are they making? Oh, they're making the goldfish. I'm like, oh, shit. Huh. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me walk by the, uh, the mixers let and see uh, uh, if I see something. 
I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's very hard it's to like, keep. It's like in Australia. The bowl was rotating the other direction, and that's why they had a good product. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. something crazy like that. So Shark Tank kind of left off with you pursuing your own manufacturing facility. So ha- has that happened now? Did Mark Cuban help you kind of reach that goal? Is that still the goal? Uh. No, so actually, when I went to Shark Tank, I already had my own line. So we're already producing um, basically ourselves. And, you know, this line only makes our product and we staff it. Um, that sounds expensive. It's, it was expensive and it's not something that I would recommend anyone to do right away, especially for a brand <laughs> that is just growing. But for, for, us, for me, it was just, it was that or die, you know? And I didn't want to die, yeah, man. Peanuts. Because... Uh, I, you know, I couldn't get into another manufacturing facility for the reasons that I just gave you before. Um, mm. And I just, you know, I just couldn't find anybody. I spent maybe three, four months every day. I had a list of manufacturing facilities wow. in the United States and outside the United States. Jeez. And I was just calling each one of them, each one of them, each one of them. And, I was just, and they, everybody was just, no, 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 no. I got to a point where I was like, all right, man, either I buy the equipment to make it myself or, you know, I've just got to stop, stop, you know, what they were suggesting is like, you know, if you take the peanuts out of it, we can make it <laughs> like, if you take it's the like, peanuts yeah. out, this is a peanut puff, man. Like, how yeah, do you take man. the peanuts out of it? It's like, I don't know. Put a flavor on it. What do I make man. the like, puff Something, with? you know, like, what? I'm like, no. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So, um. Just use hazelnuts. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> pistachio, walnut, like, I don't know. But, you know, what happened then, you know, is that, you know, I had to invest into, into the plant. Um, and that's just a whole new, that's, that's a whole new business, you know, manufacturing. So now it's almost like. Is that in the States, yeah. the plant, or yeah. is it? No, it's here. Wow. Yeah. So you, you're providing jobs. You created jobs through this venture stateside. So it's made in America. And, man. Yeah. That's that's huge, and that's also God why uh, you. you've got a lifetime supporter Thanks. here, man. Thanks, These man. things are Appreciate not it. only delicious, but that that's a huge thing for me. Uh, I tend to weigh that. It's something I feel like is lost in this country, it's alongside people somehow believing that the American dream isn't alive and that this country is so bad. And I always challenge people to think like, yes, this country has issues, and I don't want to go down politics at all. I'm not political, but you are like a proven point why they're wrong and you know this country does have a lot of opportunities it's what you make of them too and i think a lot of people who don't either come from other countries or live in them and experience them to uh, an extent that's worthwhile they'll never understand and they shouldn't be having that discussion but so that's but that's huge that it's made in america man it's it's uh it's a really big plus we're very proud that's awesome proud of uh of what we have you should be you know uh, hopefully we'll grow and, you know, be able to, you will to get even more people growing. in there and help more people out. Yeah, man. So you, you know, I, I kind of want to touch on, I know everyone can go, go listen and watch the, uh, the interview on, uh, Shark Tank or the uh, presentation, the pitch. It, it was, it was phenomenal, but man, we've, we've actually had on another Shark Tank alumni. Um, it's called, uh, good Lord the coffee uh kitu coffee um yeah. why am i blanking on this keith what, what what was it called again super uh, coffee super jesus coffee. christ 
Super Coffee. Super Coffee. Super Coffee. Okay. Yeah, and they didn't land a deal, unfortunately, but they're doing tremendous now. They've raised like a Series A just recently, or B, or something like yeah. that, with like A Rod. And but regardless, Shark Tank alumni, and they were kind of telling us about their up to the point of like in the actual presentation itself. What is it pitched like on you watch it on TV as a viewer versus behind the scenes? Like, are those Great commercials question. and that guy over talking? Like when you're kind of rolling back in after a commercial break, is that guy actually talking in the background or like, cause you guys are all waiting perfectly and then it goes into it. Like what the fuck is like, what's going on? Dude, I don't know what, I mean, I'd be very curious to see what other people's experience was uh, on going into the tank. You know, mine, it was, uh, it was kind of strange, man. Cause it's still, because it was COVID time, you know, we had to quarantine for 10 days and, this was filmed in Las Vegas. You know, it wasn't filming in LA like they normally do. It was filmed in Las Vegas. Mm. And then they uh, set us up at the Venetian for like 10 days. And you could not leave the building. Like, not, not the building, the room. So all the food was brought to your door. They will knock it in. It will just wow. open it and bring it in like an inmate, you know? So, uh, so, you know, you start building all this anxiety because you're just like waiting and waiting and waiting. So finally, you know, the, the, your day comes and then they bring you into a whole, you know, uh, space behind, the, behind this, this, the scenes where the stage is. And there you spend another four or five hours, you know, they do a little makeup, whatever. But then, you know, they call you up and say, all right, get ready. And I said, all right, man, cool, finally, you know. So right. you stand behind those doors, you know, they get tin tin. There's like a door that opens up, yep. and then you go yep. walking. Slow so walk. Up. I'm standing behind that door, right? And the guys are like, "All right, hold on. We'll let you, we'll tell you when 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 you go." Yeah, it's just like two minutes. Two hours later. Five minutes. Ten minutes. I'm like, "What? <laughs> What's going on, man?" And <laughs> I lost my pump. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, yeah. I was just ready because I'm, you know, I hope I don't know if they capture this because they probably have cameras everywhere." But I'm like doing push-ups in the yeah, back, they, like trying. Basically, to Basically, I was doing up. that. I was just like, yeah, 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 "Come on, I'm going." You know? like, after a while, I was just like, "No, I'm getting tired." <laughs> like, what's up? And uh, you know, one of the guys that was there, you know, kind of helping me out you know, kind of giving me directions about when to go and things like that. He was just like, man, mm. he started talking to me about the giants, you know, trying to take my mind off of it. So that's kind of cool. But then, you know, the, the thing opens up. Once that thing, that doors opens up, like they are recording and whatever you do or say will be recorded, you know? So they tell you, just, just oh, keep shoot. going. You know, if you trip, keep going. You know, if you forget <laughs> your line, keep going. It's like, we can't stop. Well, you can't say, oh, wait. It's like on, a catwalk. <laughs> So, yeah. you know, one of the things is like they have a, they have an X, you know, where you're supposed to stand, um, which is the perfect spot for all the cameras that they have set up, but you can't look at it. You know, they tell you don't look down because that kind of looks bad on TV, you know, looking down at the X. Uh -huh. So you sort of have to, you sort of have to mentally time when to stop, you know, without looking at that X. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I'm like thinking about a million things and now, shit, man, I got to think about this X. Now I got to worry about this shit. Yeah. yeah, I gotta worry about this X. So I'm walking, man. And then I'm like, all right, I'm standing. I was like, I gotta be in, on top of the X. And then I just hear that voice, you know, it's like, uh, step to the front. <laughs> step to the X. <laughs> I was just like this far from the X, man. I was like, holy crap. So then I'm like, standing on the X. <laughs> so I'm standing on the X. I'm already messing this shit up. And then you just stand there 
for about, I don't know, must have been like three, four minutes. Were you... No way. Just yes. sitting, staring at these fucking there, sharks ready to eat your head bro. off? It's almost like... So it was like that's you know, nerve-wracking, dude. And, and so all the sharks are there, just looking at you. And I'm like, in the middle. They just of threw it. a bucket of blood. They just tossed a yeah. bucket of blood into the water to get the the thing churning before they drop the actual dead whale in the water. That's you know? how I felt, man. Basically, just to rip them off. So I just there, man. I was just like, all right. So it's like I smile. I guess. What do you do? I don't know. And then you know. The voice comes up and it's like, you know, all right, go. You know, I can't, I forgot what he said. Action or whatever it was. And then you kind of start telling your, your, your pitch. But um, what was funny, man, they don't show it on TV. You know, this is just behind the scenes stuff. I'm going through my, yeah. through my pitch. You know, I had it all down. I have practiced it all great. So I'm going right half through it. And then it comes to time, you know, the point where I'd like take, take off my, my, my coat, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. so I do that. And then, like, you know, the reaction that you see on TV is real. So you, get, you have Barbara, you know what I mean, and, and Lori and the other. So they're all talking, right? Yeah. And they start laughing and, like, art, you know, they start, like, talking to each other and, like, laughing and shit. So I'm, they, they're making me laugh. I'm, like, fucking having a good time and all of a sudden. So, you know, then the room starts to come down. Okay, now it's quiet again. And, and it's like, all right, proceed. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> With what? My pants? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah like, exactly. You just got Proceed, me in the middle like, of it. I'm not taking anything else off. Fuck like, you. You got yeah. me in the middle of the whole pitch. You're like, I'm going to have to start from the beginning. I don't remember. You know, and Mark was pretty nice, man, because he was just like, you, you know, it's like, you were here. And then I'm like, oh, cool. You know, so I just kept going after that. Right. But, uh, oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Okay. So, that, you know, they didn't put that mistake in there. But, uh, right. It was actually kind of funny. Because the way they, the way they edited it, it sounded like he, he just like wasn't, he laughed at first and then was like, all right, right into business while yeah. the girls were still laughing. I think right. that was produced, you know, yeah. now that we hear the real oh, no, story was, that happened. It was made in for about, I don't know, maybe it was probably like five minutes. You know, they're just oh, going wow. crazy, just you know, laugh, laughing yeah. and talking and, you know, mocking each other. Okay. And like, you know, they, they, uh, so you, you were just there with your shirt off the whole time yeah. while they were still laughing right. and shit, you know, laughing, I mean? you know, and I'm kind of laughing and like, they're saying things and I'm kind of saying, you know, stupid shit, just like whatever. Uh-huh. And, uh, that's awesome. And then they're like, all right, let's get serious again. And I'm like, yeah, I can't, <laughs> man. I didn't remember. So, uh, <laughs> I'm like, but clearly you crushed it. I mean, my goodness, man, as soon as you started talking business, because what happened, I think like just as a enjoyer and a viewer, I love Shark Tank. We're, you know, Keith and I can always talk about some, oh, some funny shit that happens on that show. Cause it's so golden, man. Even the ones that are horrible, they're golden gems because you just yeah. see what the, the personalities come out. But man, when you got to the business aspect of it, I think you know it, it shocked them more than anything because they're like, you know, I think the persona always plays into it. They, people always have the initial reaction. Oh, he's yeah. he's fit. He must be stupid. Like it's yeah. because I've gotten that. Uh, I'm always in the gym. I look a little whatever in this clothes, but I'm okay shredded. Not you by any means, but I'm okay shredded. I'll take my shirt off at the beach. And let's see, man. Let's see. Let's see. All right. <laughs> I don't know what do you got? Come on, man. Let's I'm scared, it. bro. I'm scared. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. I know, I know, I know which one you will pick. We're <laughs> hoping you take yours off for the yeah, that's right. episode since we are filming video. 
<laughs> but man, uh, yeah. when you started getting into the business, it was like, oh my yes. God, this guy's an expert. Like, and yes. then it, everyone went from the laugh, like we just had to, oh, I, I'm listening. Like, okay, yep. this is got me. different, you know? Yeah. And man, you had them sucked in. I mean, that must have been the craziest. Like, I'm getting a little goosebumps thinking about it because we, we love people's successes. Like, Keith and I are just kind of like that, man. We're, yeah. we're competitive, but when it comes to just... Like why it doesn't cost you anything to be nice and, and to support people and yeah, man, I think like I get goosebumps thinking about it. it must have been a huge adrenaline pump when you you know got the deal when Mark was like you know you guys had some banter you you showed some huge wavos on there uh, <laughs> holding off till the last second you psycho well uh, man, I would have broke way before that but I know man I, mean, I, dude, I was like holy was shit crazy. I was close but you know. <laughs> <laughs> what what made you take that yeah, risk? Did you plan any of that out? Like, if I mean, he good, did, you kind things, of map man. out some numbers? Yeah, I mean, shit. I you know beforehand, obviously, I had a whole, you know, I had I had basically in my head, okay, this is the kind of deals that I could get, you know, and this is mm -hmm. how low I could go, you know, how high I can go. Like, I had it all in my head, okay, you know, this is, you know, you sort of you kind of prepare it. for whatever, whatever they tell you. Um, so mm -hmm. I was trying to get to, to a better deal, you know, uh, but I could have, I would have taken it, but the thing was like, you know, what? another of my goals was just, you know, in, in addition to get the deal, I wanted to be on TV, you know, I wanted to have the show being shown, you know, and I understood that, you know, if the show is not entertaining, they're probably not going to play it out. You know, right? Because that's another component, that's right? Another like component. some of the some of the pitches don't ever get shown on TV. Yeah. Is that and true? Some of, some of these guys are like, you know, great, you know, business plans and awesome, you know, uh, products and whatever, but they don't they don't make it on there because they're just boring. Oh, no you know, they just they're boring, really? so it's not entertaining. So, so I had the two goals. You know, one is get a good deal and get a good shark as a partner, but at the same time, it's like if I don't if I happen that I don't get one. At least I want to be on TV, you know, because that's going to help my yeah. business a lot. It's half of it. And, uh, and so I was trying to do that. I was, you know, that's why I took my shirt off and everything. You know? I'm not a show off kind of guy. But and go, like, oh, that was the funniest <laughs> shit, man, when you said the O's. <laughs> oh. I lost it. Oh. <laughs> so. You hit him with the one. And then you hit him with a bomb bomb afterward with a two banger, and I was like, "Dude, you are awesome." That was kind of that was the point. That wasn't that wasn't really rehearsed, man. I was just kind of spur of the moment. I was just like, "All right, I'm having a good time now." That was so Latin of you that I just I loved it. I've got my peanuts. I respect, man. I've been in Jersey for like over you know thirty years, so you know I picked up a few things. You know the deal. Uh, that's right, dude. That's very, very true. Very true. Um, well, I had a question. Also, like, uh, did you, did you? So you knew you needed to raise money. Did you ever consider the crowdfunding route or anything else creatively, or was like either a VC firm or like get Shark Tank because of also I'm sure your sales spiked and really grew after that because of visibility and the marketing and that's a whole other conversation um yeah. and strategy but did you take any other routes or try anything i, mean, in terms I was of looking the, at the everything race? man at that point to be honest with you i was looking at crowdfunding mm -hmm. you know i was, I was just, uh, talking to a few investors that had shown interest mm -hmm. uh i was looking at a couple of uh you know there's there's a lot of different uh, 
uh, ways to get money, you know. Um, right. The, the first way that I went about it was just family. I actually, you know, my brothers are, you know, have invested in it. Uh, they're the ones who helped me with the machinery and stuff. Um, really? Yeah. And then, you know. Big shout out to the family, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck, man. I, I owe them everything, you know. But, uh, but I was also, there was also other programs like startup programs, you know, where, um, you know, they, they provide investment, a group provides investment and also like, um, and also guidance, you know, these are people that are in the industry that have connections to retailers that understand distribution, you know, sales that, you know, there's someone with expertise in marketing and things like that. So I was actually trying to find one of those you know, uh, one, one of that kind of funding because incubator, like an incubator, of, right. But for products. Exactly. Cause, cause the money is money is great, but uh, you know, I felt like I actually need, you know, someone that can help me in all these areas that I'm like weak, you know? Yes. Um, right. so I was looking at that mostly. Um, and I had a couple, I was actually speaking to a few firms, uh, before the shark tent, but you know, once we went in shark tent then. It just kind of unraveled. You just took the the journey as it came to you. Yeah, huh? Just basically now did, man. I, I keep thinking that you know, there's someone up there, man, looking out for me, and he's kind of guiding there me and is. telling me, "This is the route you gotta take, not the one you wanna take." And I just follow along, man. <laughs> and he loves peanuts, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he really does. He, he really does, man. Well, I know we, we we're gonna get you out of here in a bit. You've got another meeting you got to get to, but uh, man, so far this has just been incredible. Um, we love to leave both. I mean, selfishly for for myself and Keith, also probably primarily, but we also just for any listeners out there that are either interested in getting into a startup of their own or working at a big company and, and see some visionary things to move down towards and, and these things like what, what last piece of piece of advice would, would you give those kinds of individuals uh, just from your experiences yeah. thus far and maybe some things that are happening currently, like right in this moment, but what are, what are some general golden rules that you would just be like, man, focus on this, not that. And, and here's what's really important. Yeah. I mean, what my journey, you know, that's what I can speak to. I'm sure every entrepreneur's journey is different. Uh, for me, you know, having support is very important. Having like someone close to you that is always on your side because um, you're going to have so many downs, man. There's going to be so many downs and you, all you want to do is say, you know, screw this. I'm done. Always you know, it's, it's, it's just not, it's no, it's not worthy anymore. You know, and, and you need that person behind you to kind of give you, no, 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 you know what? Come on, keep going, keep going. And, and that's what I needed so many times, you know, so, you know, family, you know, my girlfriend, uh, friends, close friends, man, they all have helped me out. So having that support, even before you start, man. It's very important, you know, know that you have that support. The other thing is uh, dive into it, you know, um, like I was telling before, for me, you know, I have a PhD in food science and R&D. I felt very strongly that I could do that, but I didn't know anything, you know, beyond being part of a team about sales and marketing, all that stuff. Um, I figured, man, I, I'll just, I'll have to learn along, you know, just kind of start Googling and doing a lot of YouTube stuff. and. 
there's a lot of resources out mm-hmm. there that that will help YouTube's you. YouTube's a hell of a teacher. Listen, man, that's how I've gotten through. Indeed. And you know, I made mistakes and stuff, but at the end of the day, it, it's enough to get you going. You know, and then One can later you'll realize, holy shit, I'm a fucking terrible salesman. I need someone that really knows the shit. <laughs> and then you go out and, and get somebody. But you already started, you know. What right. and so don't, you know, follow the dream. You know, don't wait for it. Don't think that you need to know everything because you don't. Just just jump into it and, and get it done. But, you know, make sure that you do it in a responsible way. You know, it's going to cost some money to get started no matter what. So make sure you have that. You know, uh, make sure you have the basics down, you know, at least you're strong on something, something you're very passionate about. And that's the other thing. You got to be passionate about it, because if you're not passionate about it, man, uh, you're going to quit. You know, you're going to quit. You're going to say this is not worth it um, because it's a very hard road, man. It's it's uh, it's tough. But once you, you know, there's a lot of happy moments. It's just that uh, too often of people course. quit when success was right around the corner. Mm. that's you know they I say that all the time they say the wealthiest place on earth uh for for innovation and ideas is the graveyard <laughs> mm. you know they really it. do so dr salinas man where where can our our followers and listeners where, where can they find you on social media and and order some of these delicious snacks and look i put my name by it my name ain't that big in the world but look i've tasted all of them uh, except for the original, yeah. so I gotta I gotta go check the website out after this. But I'm seriously going to. But these are honestly, Juan, we didn't get enough into it. But maybe we can follow up with a round two in person. Maybe you're traveling. Maybe we're traveling. But or another virtual. But I'd like to dig more into. We didn't have quite enough time. But uh, yeah, man, where where can they find you? So uh, our Instagram and you know Facebook, all that. The handle is Pinuff Crunch. You know, Pinuff Crunch, just like the name of the product. Um, and then, uh, you can purchase online. It's probably the easiest across the nation, whether it's our website, which is just pnuf.com or Amazon on P N U F com. P N U F F.com. F.com. Right. And, uh, keep in the lookout for your retailers, man. We're, we're starting to get out there. And, uh, if you don't see us, just tell the manager, you know, Hey, you know, how come you're not carrying peanut in your go. store, man? Believe it or not, it helps. It helps okay. a lot. So really, yeah. Okay. That locally. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Yeah. I'm gonna go use uh talk to the Whole Foods, to the Ralphs, and the and the Trader Joe's right nearby. Although yeah, Trader right. Joe's is a little weird, right? But uh, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Screw them. Yeah, they stock their own products. Yeah, but I really appreciate that, man. Good help. So go check them out, guys. This man is the definition of an overachiever in what the American dream is truly all about. He heard the call and took action. Dr. Salinas, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're honored uh, to hear your story and that to share it with us. And we wish you all the success in the near future as we know you're going to have. Uh, and we'll be there to help support it financially a little bit as a subscription. And also, you know, anything else we can help you with, man. Welcome to the CTAP family, man. Awesome, man. Ben and Keith. <laughs> Thanks a lot, bro, for the invitation. Good job, man. brother. You guys, you guys are awesome, man, and uh, congratulations. We really appreciate that. That means a lot.